Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life. Today, Peter and I are going to be talking about, and Peter gave me this this morning, real life is full of adversity. It's not a surprise to anyone these days. Uh, Peter and I are going to spend today talking about ways to respond in times like these, just full of uncertainty and change and upheaval. There are definitely more constructive, positive ways to respond to times like these than, than destructive, negative ones. And we're going to get into that today because that's important for everyone to hear these days. So, hello again and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today, we continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, or Peter, as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with almost 50 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life today. Mm -hmm. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, when we get into our work and uh, prepare for this, um, sometimes we don't know how timely it is, but yet we've been doing a series. This is our 81st episode. 81st. 81st. And we have been talking about real life for a long time, about life being filled with adversity and struggle. We've also been talking about how to find hope and resilience and renewal through it. Um, for a long time, and now it's probably more more timely than ever because everybody is in it's an upheaval, and um, for folks like myself, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm trying to draw a picture like that. That are used to dealing with change and upheaval um, can look at that as a very positive thing. That doesn't mean it always emotionally feels good at the time, but it can be such a time of being creative and innovative and finding new possibilities that make it, uh, it brings you up to date and makes you more uh, 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 adaptive to what's going on, but also you, it gives you time to sort things out and decide what things um, are working, what things don't work anymore, and to develop a whole new approach, if that's what's called for. But looking at it ex with excitement instead of being fearful. And looking that, and knowing that there's one thing that's critical is, and that is to go forward, to move, to get the momentum. Um, I know why this is important. You know, I can talk from a relatively positive place, and when I say relatively, because I mean I have changes in my life right now that are very difficult. Um, so I can't really sit on a throne looking down on people who struggle, because I, I am struggling too. The difference is that I've been used to it. And I've dealt with hard things for my own life and hard things with so many others. Um, so I know that there's good that can come out of these difficult times. I've also seen a phenomenon that really is troubling, um, more troubling for the people that are going through it, and that is they are so completely lost, they are so stuck and so frightened that they want to go back to the way things were and they want to go back to status quo. And it's not going to be possible. It, that's one of the things, in fact, that gets in the way of positive changes. You can't go back. But so many folks have been so stuck 
and so fearful and almost paralyzed at this time with all the upheaval and changes that are going on. They just don't know what to do. Corporate folks are having a really rough time because a lot of the corporations are pulling back. And um, the folks aren't used to that, that work for them. And they're left struggling with their own identity and who they really are because they may not be able to fall back on their corporate identity and who they are, or certainly not to the degree they used to. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. But when you have folks that are really scared and haven't developed their full self, it's terrifying because they don't have a, a, an arsenal of experience to fall back on to know that they'll be okay. And it's a time of being very, it can be very creative and exciting. Um, even though there's hardship involved in it, a lot of good can come out of it. But we're seeing, unfortunately, the, the part that is disturbing is folks that are really sinking and getting very depressed. And obviously, we all know, very angry. There's an incredible amount of distrust and anger out there and frustration that's been pent up from the COVID-19 crisis. And now this on top of it is just a way for them to trigger off so much anger and dissent. And um, it's coming out pretty destructive. And that, that, that's heartbreaking to watch. Um, so I look at this and I go, you know, we've been talking about this so long. You know, can I just say something? Yeah. This, because this is interesting for me, because when we started our podcast, it's been a little over a year and a half ago, um, and we, our first series, our first, the first few that we did, we started talking about a book that we are going to mention today. Mm -hmm. It's um, Type R Transformative Resilience by Amma and Stephanie Marston, mm -hmm. and we were taking it. Uh, some of those principles meshed very much with our approach, and we were talking about how to respond in very difficult, challenging times. And we, our podcast is Survivor's Guide to Life. How to, um, how to approach life when times are hard, because there are always going to be some. And you said before, this is a theme that we talk about so often. And we talk about it because it's basic. It's something that everyone needs to know, and now more than ever. Certainly more widespread. I like the way you're talking today. Um, you know what I find with our work? When I go over it and I look at some of I was just telling you, Jenny, before we started, once I get rolling and preparing for this stuff, I just, all of a sudden, I can't put down. I am so interested in what we're saying and what we've said and what we've written that I just keep rolling. And sometimes I walk in here and go, now what am I going to tap into today? Because we have done so much work in this, and we've helped so many people. And, and we continue to go through so much ourselves. Absolutely. Then that, that we want to bring to, our, bring to the people that can hear it. Well, you know, that's one of the things this time. Um, I, I can't say I'm one of those people that is petrified and frozen and, and doing nothing and wanting to go back to the way it was. It's not me. But I certainly can relate to the, the, the agony of dealing with very difficult situations, and we talk about that in one of our papers here, that even facing issues of life and death, which I, I am now, and, and we help other people doing it, um, there's such, you know, you, you go through that and they say, you know, what good can come out of this? Well, a lot. Not that it's not heartbreaking and difficult, but what you, you really can develop is discovering a, a, an attitude of discovering purpose in all of this. Um, Finding some kind of hope, it seems like it doesn't fit. 
But yes, it does. You begin to learn and you begin to find new things about yourself and about life that you didn't even know about before you went through this. That's one of the things about these very difficult crises. It's a time of discovery and self-discovery. And, uh, I, you know, I personally could never have said it as convincingly as I can say it now. Um, I know it's true. It's painfully true. Painfully true. And most of the people that we work with um, on our staff, they know they know that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that they're trained. It's that we all have. They're trained, but it's what they're what they're dealing with and what they're going through. I let me just say that this, I have. Yes, you've trained me in many things, and yet, I would say to be able to do what you're talking about is not so much something you've trained me to do as you have demonstrated and mm-hmm. set an example. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that someone growing up in a very healthy home um, might see their parents uh, deal with difficult times in positive, creative ways uh, that they can learn from. Other people are not so fortunate to have families like that. And uh, that's part of mentoring. I think that's a great deal of what you do as a mentor. Uh, What I do hope to do when I do that is to uh, show by how we approach our lives and our challenges how to respond in a way that will help people grow from the experience. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I know in my earlier days as a, a psychotherapist, uh, psychologist for a long time, I was very tra- highly trained. Um, and I look back on that now, and it's not that the training wasn't good. And it's not that I didn't live it, but I didn't have the maturity that I do today. And I look back on it now and say that was a lot. There's a lot of good things there, a lot of good mentoring, a lot of good training, and yet the way I am today puts it together in such a more, a more realistic, natural way. Um, that, to be honest with you, it would interest me more today than if I look back on, on the way I used to be and the way my mentors used to be. And I loved them, and I had some great mentors. But you're right; it's by example mostly. Uh, it's how I live. It's what I face. And by example, doesn't mean, well, Peter's got it made and he's doing very well or whatever. It means Peter has gone through plenty of ups and downs himself and he seems to have a resilience to move forward in spite of it all. He seems to be able to find and discover purpose and hope through it all and to learn through it. He seems to be able to trust the process that something good will come, yeah. and which is hope. That is the essence of hope. Mm-hmm. And that that you that you will find answers to the challenges as they come, even if it's not clear at the beginning. No, and that's the hope and the faith that I do have. Um, but nobody, I don't ever, and I've said this in so many episodes. I don't ever want to make this sound like it's straight out of a book, um, although it is in books, in books that we've written, but books that other people have written. But it's more uh, the life experience. That's, that teaches us these things. And that means we're going to feel the agony and the struggle plenty. Yeah. Um, we can't sit here and go, well, this is the way it's going to be, and we're so wonderful. We can sit here and go, we know plenty, and we help a lot of people. But I can honestly tell you that we're not immune to the pain and the difficulty and the struggle of anybody else. The difference is the amount of experience and to draw upon that in a positive way. And to have gone through so many other difficult times in my life or help other people, that you just know from experience you're gonna come through it somehow and it's gonna work out for the better. 
that part is so inside of me um, that I do have to rest on that. So we want to convey today something more encouraging and positive. We certainly in the last week have seen the opposite from people. And it's heartbreaking. People we care about. It's just These aren't people that just we don't care about. And they're really in bad shape. They're, and they're uh, putting themselves through so much fighting against change and adapting and moving forward. They're so terrified that they almost will destroy themselves or anybody who even suggests something better um, to avoid taking a risk. Let's get let's come back to that after mm -hmm. a break because there's a lot there to, to talk about. Okay. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. Uh, I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host. And Peter and I, uh, again, our title today is Real Life is Full of Adversity. And just before our break, we were just starting to talk about, um, we, before we were talking about the constructive, positive ways to respond in times of uncertainty and change and upheaval. We want to get into that today, but just before the break we were starting to talk about things not to do. Um, and Peter, I know you were going to, you were just starting to talk about uh, something that could be an obstacle to working through and succeeding in very difficult times. And the one that you were talking about was to avoid dealing with what's going on. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there. I just saw some things in my notes. See, this is what happens to me. I go there, and then I look back and go, God, that's really good, too. Okay, so we'll and, go back and get it. Yeah, but we will. Okay. Okay, so right. you're talking about, let's see. What, what are the ways not to react in difficult times? What is going to mm. not help move through times of yeah. change. Yeah, and I, I think that one of them that we already alluded to and said is um, that we don't take the opportunity. Um, we want to go back the same way we've always been um, and to not want to face change and want to go back to this the status same, quo. Yeah, what used to work should work again. Yeah, and denying the realities as they are today yeah. and just staying with the status quo of the past. Right. That is a setup for big trouble. I've seen plenty of people who are afraid, especially during this time, um, go to that, and it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. I've heard, I hear there's going to be a new normal, and most people are going, never mind a new normal, let's just get back to work and go back to our old way of working, and it's not going to happen. Um, this time has created a time to reflect, a time of change, whether we chose it or not, and we're not going to be the same. And in fact, our situations in life are not the same this time. So do I think people want to face that? I don't, because it's so uncomfortable. And um, one, of the, one of the things that I was looking at as you brought this up, I went back, um, was when we go through adversity, one of the things, these difficult times force us to do 
it forces us to look at ourselves, whether we like it or not. Yes. And one of the things that we discover more than not is our own humanity. Now, what does that mean? You can look at that in a very negative way because it's through pain and the conflict and the challenge of the times. But it makes us really take a careful look at ourselves, not just thoughtfully and introspectively. We're forced to. Mm -hmm. And what we come to is, at some point, we come to the our own limits. Limitations. Limitations. And we, and we take it as far as we can in our familiar territory, and then we realize mm -hmm. it's not working. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. It's not working this time. That's a very... That's an important thing. Not everybody will accept or admit that. No. But that is an important thing. And you step. know why they won't? Because it's so it's, painful. It's so fear. It's it's also very fearful. Absolutely. It makes people fearful because you don't have the control that you thought. No. Um, we, we, do, we do live with illusions of control and how we contain and function in our lives, and everybody does that. But when we're in adversity and challenge, particularly, let's make it really relevant today. It's different because we have to, instead of... And I see this, and I, I, I was reading a quote by Leo Tolstoy talked about everybody wants to talk about changing the world, but so few people want to talk about changing themselves. Changing themselves. And I think that's one of the things that we are seeing lately, the anger and the rage and the destruction of people that want to externalize their frustrations and anger, and they want to change the world. They want, And they may have good goals. The goal may be maybe. a good one. It may be. But to, if they're approaching it, and we've seen too much of this, destructively and hurting people and worse, that's not it. And what they're really not looking at are themselves first. And when you look at yourself, to tell you the truth, it's hard. It's so easy to externalize onto others, to blame others, to right. attack the situation. And instead of making it better, you make it worse and more inflamed, as we're all finding out this is no mystery because it's happening right now. now. Yeah. And we're seeing the total destruction. With the violence and the, and the shootings. And, and the frustrations are coming out, and yet you've got to ask yourself, how many people are really looking at themselves and examining themselves for this instead of trying to change the world in a negative? They may not think it's negative, but when you act destructively, that's negative. Yeah. Um, I've heard, I, you know, I try to avoid the political uh, forums. I really do, because I, I look at this, and I, I don't like what anybody's saying at times. But I've heard some... Things that, uh, I don't even want to say who said it right now because I don't want it to be too dark. It's just political. And they're saying something like, well, this, this, destruct, this terrible rioting now is, is really even more important than what Martin Luther King was to us. And, you know, I listen to that and I'm going, they've got to be kidding. Martin Luther King didn't destroy anything. He tried to create understanding between white yeah. and black yeah, population. He did everything he could to improve the spirit of understanding. But it wasn't to riot, it wasn't to destroy, it wasn't to hurt other people. That to me had a great, a much greater impact on the world than what we're seeing now. Although the current situation, of course, is powerful. Do I think it's positive? Maybe positive could come out of it when people stop accusing each other and they begin to discover some empathy and understanding with each other and the caring for their fellow man. Right now, that's not the predominant attitude. No. Do I think it's, I think it's very destructive. I also think it's inflaming. So, no, I don't think it's comparable to what Martin Luther King did at all. Um, and 
I'm a white person, and I benefited a lot from his approach, spiritually, personally. He had a lot of courage. He paid for it. He gave his life for it. But he wanted to bring understanding and empathy to each other. So that yeah. whoever said politically that this is more important than what Martin Luther King brought, I, I laugh at it, but the political um, arena is really, at times, it's pathetic and it's laughable on all sides. Um, I'm not going to even say where I was, what sides I take because I'm very independent thinking. But when I hear things like that, it disturbs me. Yeah. Because it's not true. Um, I look at the I look at things right now and I go, if people would just have the courage to look at themselves and face themselves and their own limitations and their own humanity, it would cause an empathy and a compassion for their fellow man. It always it always does when you do it that way, because then you you reach a certain kind of humility within yourself, a certain brokenness that you have to admit is painful, absolutely. Difficult, absolutely, but there's an honesty and an integrity and a decency and a goodness to it. Out of that usually comes a deeper empathy and understanding for your fellow man. I don't see a whole lot of that, unfortunately, and that, that bothers me. Um, anyway, I do, you know, and that's timely. I, I hope people, as we move through this, wake up to, to uh, not inflaming, but caring for each other. I really, I want to say that because I think it's so important. But yet it comes through, and I can speak for myself, from our own brokenness, our own limitations, our own inability to feel in control and realize we're human and broken. And if we're broken, then in some ways we, it gives us a, 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 a different understanding of our, other, our brokenness and our fellow man. And we can relate to it in a more personal and compassionate way. It's in the Bible. Absolutely. It speaks about particularly those people who are chosen as the authorities or the counselors or whatever in the old days it was the priests. They had to go through their own suffering and pain and atone for their own sins so they could understand the brokenness of their fellow man instead of sitting self-righteously and religiously and indignantly. And that was unfortunate, but that was going on at the time. That, to me, was religiosity gone amok. But when you realize that you're chosen to do to a lead, but with a compassion and a love for your fellow man and a charitable heart and a selflessness. That's something completely different. That comes through brokenness. That comes through adversity and struggle. What I'm hearing you say is that the kind of uh, the kind of response to very very hard times that produces positive change involves accepting our humanity and our brokenness. Now that's not something you hear people say very often. No, you don't. And, and so I want to make sure that, that people listening, people watching, hear that and can really grab hold of what you're saying. Being broken sounds not good. It sounds painful. It sounds... It, it is painful. It, it sounds... Like, why would I want to go there? And what is that really going to be like? And what if I can't come back from that feeling of being broken? That's one of the fears that comes with it. It's like, I'll never be able to feel in control again. Or I don't know, but, you know, I'm, I lost my sense of security. And what, if I, will I ever be able to get it back? Well, the truth is, a lot of times the answer is no. You aren't going to be able to go back to the way things were anymore. 
You know, I love this show for another reason. Because this time we can do it from a very personal place of experience. I've sat on my therapist chair for a long time, and these days I'm very careful about it. Um, I don't even want people to call me doctor. I know they do, but that's not what I want. I want them to realize that I'm a fellow human being and that I do understand and relate to their pain because I have pain too. And they can learn from me what real resilience looks like. And I'm not saying it, professing it as holier than thou. They can learn it by seeing someone who's broken, see someone who doesn't bleed all over them, but is very human, dealing with extremely difficult life and death situations in my personal life as well as in our work life. And to know that, yes, I'm affected deeply. And there's no intellectual protection and, and, and uh, armoring against it. But one of the things that I do have is a resilience to come back and to work it through and to know how to do that and then to come back on my feet and to realize I'll be okay. There is hope. And I'm learning in the process. And you're learning in the process. Something of value, something of value has happened because you were willing to go to that broken place. That's, well, willing or not, I mean, that's where I am. And that's one of the things, we're not telling people to choose the, the difficult way of life because just to be broken, it will happen. It happens to everybody. The key is when it comes, how are you going to handle it? Are you going to deny it and try to go back to status quo? Are you going to say that change is something that is just the worst thing and you can't go near it um, and you're so risk aversive that you would, in fact, take other people down with you? I mean, these, these are things that are very destructive. Or are you going to embrace the change and see it as a process of innovation, creativity, growth? Um, I think in our work, and particularly in psychology, and I, I profess to go beyond that these days after 50 years. Um, there's a thing called post-traumatic growth. And I do believe in it because we're, we're considered experts in post-traumatic stress injuries. But what we've seen through, with so many of that trauma is the growth that comes out of it later and the kind of resilience people demonstrate. They'll never be the same again. They are carrying the scars and the wounds, and yet they have a capacity to be so much more than they were before. How often have we seen that? Yes. And compared to the folks that run away and bury it in the sand or run in fear and don't come back, we look at them and go, well, they're not going to do well and they're not getting it. It's the folks that face, the, face what they're going through. And those are the ones we've seen come out of this so much better. So much better, so much more, um, so much a deeper, more fulfilled person. That's right. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after the short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Peter and I are talking about facing adversity, facing the, uh, the experience of being broken, feeling broken, uh, by being overwhelming circumstances, changes out of our control, and how to respond in a way that uh, 
creates positive change, opportunity, and creativity mm -hmm. in our life. And um, just in case, I wanted to bring up uh, one point you made just before the break was that um, there are times that we, we cannot choose whether we're going to be broken or not. It, it comes. There are times when we can avoid. I don't think anybody would choose it. It's just too darn painful. And yet the circumstances can be such that there is no getting around what's happening. And the one that I know that we talked about this morning that you wanted to bring up again, uh, there's so many things we can deny, avoid, bury, rationalize away, except death. That's right. And, you know, a lot of the anxiety and fear you're seeing, you've got to ask yourself, what's behind all this? We've talked about it in earlier episodes. It's the fear of death and not surviving. The truth is, when you face the adversities, including death and dying, it's an amazing thing that begins to happen. You've got to ask yourself, and I do, what's the purpose to all of this? Is there a purpose? Can there even be hope? Well, the answer is yes. Um... I look at it and I, you know, I, I just find that once you really begin to get closer to death and dying, you also it gives you a certain freedom to live your life so much more fully. And you begin to appreciate and be, find gratitude and creativity in ways you never would have come to except through this. And I'm always astounded because I look at myself now and I can speak in truthfulness because I'm going through it, not just because it's psychologically fit, you know, is my gratitude and appreciation for life, for people. Um, seeing the possibilities of being creative and opening up in a way a love for my fellow man that I can't really, I've been there but not like this. And I'm willing to express it. And uh, I just, interesting, I just heard from a couple of friends that I haven't seen, I'll bet you, we grew up together in little children, and all of a sudden today I hear from two of them. And I made sure I got back to them, and I wanted to know how important it was and how I valued them and hearing from them and how much it meant to me now. And I really look forward to reconnecting with them. That Was I like that before? Not like this. Now it's, wow, this means a lot to me. This is a gift. And these people are good people as far as I know. I haven't seen them in a long time. But they were so sweet in reaching out. Do they know what's going on in my life? I don't know. I don't think so. But I appreciate them. I think there's so many things that I see now that I look at and I don't waste my energy. There's another part to it. And the other part is it really, I'm focused on what really is important. Genuinely, truthfully, authentically important now. So that's something uh, to, to be able to really focus in, to know yourself in that way is something positive that can come out of that painful, broken experience. Oh, absolutely. And I, it, it, yes, the answer is yes. But um, I was just, as you're talking, there was a Facebook little uh, music thing that I saw on the weekend. It was very touching. I've seen a couple of things that were very touching. But one of them was uh, a Hawaiian young man um, who was in a church, and he is very disabled. He couldn't use his feet, he couldn't use his hands, and I mean, poor guy had tremendous disabilities. And he was playing the, I guess, some form of guitar with his toes. And he was singing. And it was so moving, I could cry just thinking about it. And he was talking about how grateful he is 
and how the world may see him in a certain way that this is a broken, disabled, pathetic man. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, no, I'm not. I have food to eat. I have a roof over my head. I have so many things I appreciate in life. And he could sing and he could write and it was beautiful and extremely inspiring. And yet if you looked at him, you'd go, oh my God. He doesn't have arms, he can't use his hand, he has to use his feet to play the musical instrument he's playing. And he was singing about the songs that he wrote about his gratitude. And he was good, this wasn't like that good. And he was singing about all the things that he has got that the world may not see in him. But he says, they may not see it, but I live it. And he was talking about all the things he's appreciative of mm -hmm. and that he's got a lot. He felt that he has a lot of opportunity in this life. And here he was singing before a large audience. And it was probably one of the most inspiring performances I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to listen to this song right now because it touches my heart. It's so beautiful. And look at, why is it so beautiful? Not because of the words. Look at where it came from. Look at what this particular individual has put on this earth to go through. And he's, he's obviously so disabled and handicapped, and yet he's thankful for what he's able to do. And it came through pain and struggle. Would he ask for what he's gone through? I doubt it. Would anybody want that? No. But his attitude was, there's purpose to all this. There's hope. And I can grow through all of it. And so can other people learning from me. So he, his body was broken, there was no way around him knowing that that was true, but he didn't become a victim. He didn't want to go that direction, he wanted to go to the direction of having a life worth living. He made a choice. And you know, that's the kind of thing that comes out of when you're broken and you go, you have a choice, you have choices. And they come through great pain and agony, and yet you learn and you grow. And the choices are, am I gonna let my emotional pain destroy me or and what I'm going through or am I going to make new choices what is the purpose of all this what 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 good can come out of this how can I become creative and inspiring and innovative you know this when I, I it's interesting I was reading a book today about all the different people that are very world-renowned over the years that had to go through such hardship in order to become so successful. It's an successful. amazing number of people, isn't yeah. it? This, he yeah. talks about Thomas, I love that one. He was already established, he was in the late 60s, and his entire factory and everything in it burned down. And um, he was standing there with someone and they said, oh my God, I mean, you're losing. And he looked at it and he says, well, you know what, it wiped out all the mistakes I've made. It's, it's, it's taken away a lot of junk and I can start over fresh and new and do something better. And he went on to do incredible things. So many people that we know and look, look up to went through such hardship and difficulties. It's not that it wasn't hard. It's how they innovated and became creative and renewed and grew from it. That's one of the helpful attitudes that it takes um, when you're going through difficult times. Is it a choice point? You're darn right. Is it an attitude change filled with hope? even not being able to see what can come out of it yet. You don't see it. And just moving forward. Moving forward. That's the story. Yeah. And I think if we convey anything today and what we've conveyed in 80 other episodes mm -hmm. is there is hope even through the difficulties and tragedies. And we're not coming from a place of being on the other side of them all the time. We're in the midst of them as well. And 
here we are in the midst of this crisis that we've been through, not us, but the entire world. And looking at that and going, how timely could it be in what we have, all these episodes, look at how relevant it is to today. And so many people look like they are struggling and they're angry and distrustful. And now on top of that, now we're having the, the, the destructive uh, attacks and demonstrations. And I'm looking at all that and going, this is terrible stuff and people are not coping well and they're making very, very poor choices. I look at it and go, can you make good choices out of this? The answer is, I look at it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think about so many things that I've been able to do since this COVID virus, now through all this other nonsense. I think of all things that I'm doing now that I, could, I couldn't get to for years. I'm doing now. Things that I, I it's a little uncomfortable, but yet I can innovate and new things are coming out of it that I probably wouldn't have done. You wouldn't have had the time to do. I wouldn't have made you, the time to You do. wouldn't have had maybe the, the opportunity to think, I better look at some of these new things that might work better for me now. I've wanted to do them. I mean, we know people who have had a, 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 got a good friend who uh, for many years wanted to become a trainer. <laughs> And just kind of in the back of her mind and uh, started working on that. And this time with all the gyms closed has been an opportunity for her to start looking at a career. And she's doing great. She's a real innovator. And this isn't a lady that had a lot of confidence. It's the situation finally came. And interestingly, she's a lovely lady in fabulous shape for her age, for any age. And I've been a weightlifter God, since I'm 13 or 14 years old. And the gyms are closed. Guess what? I've been doing my workouts at home, and this wonderful lady, I decided I'd better give a try to find out what you're going to... It's amazing. The things that I needed to learn, the damage that I've done to my body between the competitions on the horses, cutting horses, the working out, the racing of cars, all these things. Oh, I've done plenty of damage to my body. And yet, with this work, it's actually unwinding some of it, it's bringing, it's bringing it to the surface, and it's actually a, a way of helping my body I, have, I wouldn't have accepted before because of pride, I'm a weightlifter, and I'm a macho man, and yada yada, and here I am. And I, I'm, I signed up for not once a week, but twice a week with her. I think it's terrific. I never, I'll be honest with you, I don't think my ego would have opened. I was, gave <laughs> you would have just kept going to the gym. No, I would have been with all yep. the people I know. And here I am, and I'm grateful. And it was just these kind of things that have happened. And also, I have the time. Um, I have more time in some ways now than I have in years. And also, I'm seeing our priorities and our work begin to shift. So when people ask me, well, did you, how is this affected? I say, well, in some ways we slowed down. But in other ways, other things like with our nonprofit are picking up. And we're putting more emphasis on our podcasts and our nonprofit. That seems to be very important and relevant and high priority now. Before, I would have focused on, my God, we're losing a lot of clients. Da, da, da. I didn't even, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't blink because other things were happening just as fast. And I'm thinking to myself, in some ways, I haven't been this comfortable and feel provided for the way I am now for a long time. Well, it's, that's because you have... 
Uh, this is not the first time you've gone through, uh, and it's it's almost like a muscle to be able to move through times like this. That you, as as you challenge yourself, you go through it. You come out the other side. You see that you can, and that can, things can improve. And the more you do that, the more often you do that, the stronger, more resilient. We're talking about resilience, resilience. right? Yeah, and hope, and a, a, a healthy attitude of growth, yeah. and wanting to learn. I can, and I want to convey that today to everyone, to let go of the negatives, although they're going to come, and to start thinking about the things we're talking about. This could help anybody, particularly during these times, more so than ever before on such a massive level. I hope today that what we're talking about will reach a whole lot more people and give them some encouragement and hope to move forward, to innovate, to be creative, to make new choices. We'll have a chance to kind of give them a little bit more about that after a break. You bet. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and uh, Peter and I were talking during the break about what do we want to leave you with today? What positive, important uh, way to get through these very difficult times? What to hold in mind? What to uh, hold close? And Peter came up with one word, which is... Grit. And what does that mean? Well, you know, a lot of people right now will think, well, People who are more capable or more intelligent, um, those are the ones that can really make this work out for themselves and they can make these great grand choices. Well, let me ask, let me offer you something. Those are not, the, you know, you may say, well, they're the more intelligent, more gifted, more educated people. And let me tell you that they're not, those are not the people that make it during these difficult times. There's another quality that goes far beyond it. And there's been so many studies over the years of people that have grit and determination to be flexible and innovative and to use themselves in new and positive ways. Those are the people that rise above the difficulties and make it. Not the ones that necessarily are intelligent, intellectually educated professionals. Don't believe it. And too many studies have shown that innate intelligence is not what makes this work. It's grit, it's determination, it's having some kind of sense of hope to move forward and to embrace what's new and to see it in a positive way, as difficult as that may be. And I will attest to that, it can be very difficult. But I will say this, as the emotion clears from time to time, and mine does too, you begin to see things in a better light and you begin to realize there is hope that's greater um, than anything we could have even ever imagined. And it can only come through going through these difficult times. I would say that uh, knowing you, that you started to really get that grit in your life and working for you uh, on the streets of Newark, New Jersey. Mm, uh, not very pleasant. It's not one of my favorite cities. But I did grow up in there in the surrounding area. And I have many good friends still. We're very we're close and we stay in touch. But yeah, and that was survival. Yeah. That was really survival. I was a sensitive little boy who had to learn to be a tough, 
guy uh, to survive. But I also learned to be in surviving, learning to read people and know what situations were dangerous, what worked, what were threatening, what weren't. It's amazing the skills that I did develop in the years. And it's funny because we, we run into situations now. And uh, I have friends that are police and detectives and all of that. And, I, and they're very good people. Um, and we've run up against a couple of situations with real pe people that have been so dishonest, who pretended to be religious and wonderful. And I took one look at them and I go, you got to be kidding me. This guy's a thief and a con. And I remember, you know, my attitude still is the Jersey attitude. I got to say, when it comes up, it's like, I don't like this person and I don't trust him. And I think they're real cons. And where I grew up, they wouldn't make it two days. And it's funny because the people around me who are very good people and they've been detectives and cops and other, they didn't see it. And later on, it's exactly what happened. And what do I think of that person today that does it? He's my enemy. I don't like people that hurt others to get ahead. And this particular guy I think of from Africa, he, he hurt so many children and orphans that I cared about. He was, I never liked him. <laughs> I never trusted him. And he took millions of dollars of child donations for himself and left the kids hungry. And nobody saw because he was a, like such a, a righteous religious fellow while well, he was a con. How did I know? Growing up and just being surrounded by bad people and cons and knowing how to read them and how to be careful. So it doesn't mean I haven't been taken. I have, we've had clients that have taken us. Um, but I do have that sense. There are so many other survival skills that I've learned as well. What I'm hear, yeah, and I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and I've experienced this too, is that there are some things that you cannot learn in a book or from someone telling you, although those things can help. Yeah. There are things that because you have grit, because you have determination to stick something through, you learn from the experience and gain some skills that you can then carry with you. And, you know, when you're growing up like that, and like you're talking... There's only one way to go, and that is you can run in fear, which I had my moments, or you have, you know, you got to go forward. You just have to keep going. This is the, at that point, there's no choice. This is your life, and this is the way you've got to figure some way to survive it and to keep going. Um, and that grit stayed with me. Now I've had it through many other experiences since then. Some of them way more dangerous in my earlier years, and I did survive. And yes, I did take some of those skills that I learned as a tough guy. And well, I guess I didn't read the endangerment because I was so used to it, but I lived. And I grew from it and I learned. And I also knew that I could go through an awful lot of things and get through it and be okay. I also learned one other thing. There is some power, I call them, to me it's God, that watches over you. And frankly, there were things that I didn't have control over and I look back now and I said, I should have been dead. I should have been killed like other people. And I wasn't touched. And there were times that I wondered why. I look back at it now and I do have a spiritual side to me. I wouldn't necessarily call it religious. Um, it could be, but it's not. It's personal. It's spiritual because of I know that God was watching over me at some very dangerous points in my life. And where other people were being hurt or killed or whatever, I wasn't touched, and I never quite knew why. I was touched, certainly, in the sense of being affected by the, that, but nothing happened to me. No. And I'm wondering, and I was wondering what happened. And it, there was—that's when I began to realize there really is a God. 
I've been through so many traumas in my life and helping other people in trauma. And I'm not a runner, so their traumas are part of my work, part of my life. I engage. And one of the things that astounds me in the middle of them is somebody else is in control here. This is so overpowering that no matter what I do, it's not within my control. Now that came from being broken and feeling limited, but something else was in control. Well, amazingly so, in some of those really horrible situations, people survived and they lived through nothing I could do or anybody else. And it was all of a sudden, there was a reversal. How it happened, it had to be a God thing because I didn't do anything, nobody else did. We just sat there feeling helpless and just watching, we thought we were just watching the person die and they reversed. And in the middle of it, being so overpowering and terrifying, you know that somebody else is in control, not us. So you learn these things through experience, and it may make you a religious person, it may not. It didn't make me religious, but it certainly made me spiritually awakened, and I'm glad of it. Um, I think that everything we're talking about, there is that time of self-realization and awakening and reevaluation not necessarily by choice, but by the nature of the situation, that we, there's just this kind of awakening and enlightenment um, that you begin to see that you go far beyond anything you could have ever imagined, and you never would have discovered that unless you went through the hard times. Easy times don't produce that. No. Nothing. But the hard times do. And the more difficult they are, sometimes you can be embittered and, and angry and hateful, or you can be... Make, somehow make a choice that you're going to make the best of it. And I've been one of those people most of the time that has found ways to make the best of it. Am I perfect at that? Don't even believe it for a minute. There are people that have done things to me. I'm not saying I'm the most forgiving human being in the world. But I've learned to forgive, and other times I realize i got some work to do in those areas too. So you're not listening to some religious nut. You're not listening to a clinician who only speaks in clinical terms. You're listening to a fellow human being who goes through a lot and is still going through plenty. And our show is meant to be done by human beings, not to hemorrhage our pain over you, but to give you hope and encouragement from one human being, fellow human being, out of love for my fellow man. Do I hope and pray you guys Embrace what we're talking about in a way that will help you and give you encouragement to move forward, to become creative and innovative, not defeated and crushed, not paralyzed and um, stuck and turning against yourselves, which a lot of people are doing, or against each other, but something that has more empathy, compassion and caring and understanding. And I really hope that that kind of thing will begin to happen more and more. We certainly want to encourage it. We want to demonstrate it. So that, if there's any purpose to what we're talking about today, that's what it is. Don't let yourself be crushed. Don't let yourself be frozen and petrified in fear. Take a look at this in a more positive way. What's the purpose of your life going through all of this? I don't have your answers. You're the one that needs to discover them. But put a positive light on it. Don't let your emotions and your negativity overpower that and block it out. Um, Anyway, that's, as, that's about as much as I want to talk about today. Do you have anything? Do I have anything? Yeah, you have, she's smart. She is really smart. Well, I, and I, I don't know if this will, how this will come across, um, and yet I've heard other people, uh, clients, say this. 
that uh, as you're talking about spiritual side. Um, what a challenge it is for many people whose lives have been touched by trauma. How hard it can be for them to feel at the bottom line that they're going to be okay. Uh, so many people who've been um, experienced trauma in their lives uh, come out of it feeling a bottom line, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And that colors everything. It can. Uh, it can color everything. Mm -hmm. um, it is a very, it's a fearful place to live. And so what, when we're talking about, for you, for me, it's God, uh, for whatever power there is in the world and the universe, if there is this feeling that, if we can get to the feeling that I will be okay, I can be okay. I don't know what that will look like, and I, and I, who, who likes that? That they don't know how it's going to look, but that um, I can have hope and trust that I will come out of this okay if I just move forward, if I take steps, if I have some faith and some hope, and am willing to face my fears, feel my brokenness, relate to other people as also uh, faced by these things themselves. Okay, yeah. And the other part, when we're in a place like that, sometimes we have our own inner resources that you that need to be mobilized. Sometimes it takes also other people who've been through it or who know you or whatever. That, they offer you that kind of support. So the combination of what you're going through mm -hmm. and what you're seeking and their support and encouragement, that's one of the things that helps people get back on their feet. Yeah. And sh absolutely. Um, we need that. There's nothing wrong with that, and particularly during hard times. In fact, that seems more precious, those kind of connections with people that really care about us and who've been through a lot, or going through a lot, and yet they seem to have a, a deeper sense of faith or trust or hope than you do at time. Mm -hmm. Hey, it helps. And that can be, and you know it's interesting that people that do that, they at times need the same thing. They, like, it goes back and forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, yeah. yeah. So it's not just, so oh, true. well, they're the ones that are always supporting. No. No. They're going to need it too. Everybody and has times like that. You're going to, need, you're going to be able to come alongside them. So I, I no. I, and you know, some of what you're talking about is part of a person's early traumas in their life when they, when they were younger and they felt like they weren't going to make it. That and usually has to do with early trauma. Early trauma, but then when things happen uh, like they are now with uh, the, the pandemic and no. with the violence, those things can get triggered and That's amplify everything that people are Well, contaminate. And contaminate. And that, right, the triggering. Is, and we've talked yeah. about those, how to deal with that. I think the next show, we should actually talk more about triggerings okay. and how to cope with those and deal with them because they happen to everybody. And people who've had traumas in the past... That stuff comes up and all of a sudden it's contaminating the difficulty in the present and it's making it impossible and difficult to sort it out. Mm -hmm. So that's a very important component to know about and to pay attention to and know how to diffuse. Let's get to that next time yeah. then. Next yes, time. so come back for that for that extra. Yep. All right, thank you. The Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that relies entirely on donations from people like you. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, also, if you could make a donation to sctraumatreatment.org or to go to the GoFundMe campaign. GoFundMe that, Charity. GoFundMe Charity. 
campaign and there's a link at our website. We, our website for the podcast is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. Please like us on Facebook or share, and we're also on Instagram. Our podcasts are on the website, and we're on YouTube. I get the signal every time we're on YouTube. The videos are on YouTube. Um, so we would love also to hear your feedback of any kind, questions, uh, concerns, anything you'd like to share. Uh, you can reach us at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com yeah, or any say, comment on any social media. I was going to say, this money that you donated that we use to help other families and caregiving, needing caregiving, veterans, right. their families, um, other folks that need caregiving, that's primarily what, or training other caregivers, that's primarily what we're interested in. That's the major thrust of the GoFundMe charity yeah. Yeah. campaign. Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, So thank you, Peter, and thank you, Steve, Mm -hmm. and thank you for joining us.